This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach Podcast. I am your host, Laura Lummer, and I'm so grateful that you have joined me today. I have a great show for you, and we are going to get into it really quick. I just want to take out a quick minute to give a listener shout out. Tanya left an awesome review, and I just want to say thank you because these reviews help this show so much, and they mean so much to me because I know you have to have some intention around that. It takes time to go there, to leave the review. And as I've said before, there are so many great things that I want to leave reviews for. And then I catch myself weeks, even months sometimes down the road thinking, oh my gosh, I never went back and left that review. And then I have to make the time to go do it. So I thank you. I'm very, very grateful, eternally grateful for each of you taking the time to leave a review for this podcast. And Tanya says, so many valuable insights and teachings. I can feel your passion and devotion for encouraging healing after surviving breast cancer. It's a tender topic and you embody a true warrior and queen energy that is needed in a leader. XO, Tanya. And Tanya, big hugs back to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I really, really appreciate it. And those are really kind and sweet words. And if you are a listener and you haven't yet taken the time to leave a review for the podcast, I would love if you could take a moment to do that. And I would love to acknowledge you and read your review here on the show as well. Okay, so now we're going to jump right into today's topic because It's something that's both been weighing on me and inspiring me. Now, many of you may have heard earlier this month that actor Shannon Doherty made the announcement that she has stage four metastatic breast cancer. After that announcement was made, I heard from four different women telling me that they were in an emotional spin as a result of that announcement. Now, it wasn't so much that they were raving fans of Doherty, but Hearing the news struck a chord with them that triggered some very heavy emotions and a lot of fear. But here's the thing. That fear and those emotions aren't really for Shannon Doherty. They're triggering something that concerns these women about their own life, their own health, and their own experience. And there's nothing wrong with that. Unless you don't stop to sit with it and understand what it is you're actually feeling. Now I'm going to repeat that because it is really important. You need to sit with it and examine it and understand what you're actually feeling. Now what I see most often and what I have been guilty of doing for most of my life is when we find ourselves in an emotional spin, in an emotionally vulnerable situation, We just shut that shit down. We go to sleep. Maybe you'll have a glass of wine. Distract yourself with whatever things can keep you busy so that you don't have to think about it. 
or you just dismiss your feelings. And specifically when we're talking about something to do with breast cancer, we have a tendency to dismiss your feelings with my pet peeve phrase, which is, I should just be grateful I'm alive. And then you numb yourself to that very real trauma and to those painful emotions you're experiencing. And guess what? It doesn't work. Suppressing your emotions, denying what you're feeling, or worse yet, telling yourself you have no right to feel what you're feeling will not heal you. It will not free you or make you stronger or help you thrive. Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, in his book, The Body Keeps the Score, which is incredible, he says that trauma radically changes people, that in fact, they are no longer, and in quotes, themselves. And it is excruciatingly difficult to put that feeling of no longer being yourself into words. With that in mind, he goes on to say, when you follow the introceptive pathway to your innermost recesses, things begin to change, unquote. Now, in layman's terms, that means that when we sit with our feelings and we give ourselves permission to experience our feelings, we get in touch with what is really happening inside of us. And that is when we start to grow and we start to change. Now, I just have a flash of my sister, Christy, sitting here right in front of me, rolling her eyes and going, oh God, vulnerability, we've got to talk about feelings. But I'll tell you what, that's much of the time how I felt too. And it's a common reaction because it's painful. And that's not how most of us are raised or groomed. We're not taught to sit with feeling shitty. We're not told to sit and cry. We don't show emotions publicly. And for the most part, when or if we do, what will people tell you? They'll tell you to stop. They'll tell you to be strong. But why? And is that really strength? I mean, isn't it easier to shut shit down than it is to sit in pain? Of course it is. But what are we programmed with as we go through breast cancer? If not, as we grow up and just go through life in general. We're programmed to fight, be a warrior, be strong. And then we come out on the other side feeling lost, telling ourselves we should be normal, being ashamed if we don't feel normal, thinking that being vulnerable and feeling fearful is equal to being weak. So it's no wonder why this is so damn hard. So I want to make a couple of points about this idea of sitting with the emotions that come from surviving the trauma of breast cancer. Number one, you didn't choose this. Of course you didn't. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't choose to have cancer. But when you chose to treat your cancer, you made the choice to start a journey. You had no idea what this journey was going to entail, but you said yes. You said, yes, I'll do this. I want to live, so I'll go through this. I did it too. And I can remember waking up from my lumpectomy to my doctor telling me, we found cancer in your lymph nodes and you're going to need to start chemotherapy. And just as a side note here, what a buzzkill. I mean, seriously, why do they have to wake you up from a perfect drug-induced sleep and ruin your happy place with news like that? I mean, for God's sake, let me have my peace and then tell me that news when I'm sober and in pain again. 
And that's just a side note for any doctors that might be listening. But anyway, back to the story. So my reaction to that news of being told I had to go through chemotherapy is the perfect example of what I'm talking about in this show. Because when they rolled me back to my room, my family was anxiously waiting to see me and tears were rolling down my face. I was crushed and I was terrified. I had watched my brother go through chemotherapy, spend a week at a time in the hospital, projectile vomiting, losing over 100 pounds off his six foot five frame, being told that if the cancer doesn't kill him, the chemo will. And I had no idea that chemo had changed since then. So I was running all kinds of stories through my head about what I was about to face, which was my worst nightmare. But did I tell my loved ones what had happened or that I was scared to death? No. I stayed, quote unquote, strong. I'm saying that facetiously. I remember my mom asking, why are you crying? And I said, oh, I'm not crying. The doctor just told me that anesthesia makes people emotional and it'll wear off. (laughs) What the freaking hell? Did I not have a right to be scared and upset? Of course I did. I remember them wheeling me in for the bilateral mastectomy. Me with a smile on my face, waving bye to my loved ones, saying, Yeah, hey, I got this free boob job. Don't worry. I'm good. On the first day I sat in the chemo chair, I can clearly recall that gut-wrenching feeling I had in that moment. Like nothing else I've ever experienced, this tormented struggle between run as fast as you can, get the hell out of here, do not let them put that needle in your arm. And you just have to do this, Laura. You've got to do this. You've got to take a breath. Just breathe. Just sit here. Just breathe. Just get through it. I mean, look at that disconnect. It's a disconnect with myself and it's a disconnect with my loved ones. It's a completely false pretense. So it's no wonder why when we're done with treatment, we feel lost. We feel disjointed and we feel misunderstood. And our poor loved ones are sitting there like, what's happening? All this time you've been saying you're good and now you're done and you're safe and you're alive. So what the heck? Why are you sad? Why are you lost? They just don't get it. I love this quote from Brene Brown's book, Rising Strong. She says, to bear witness to the human potential for transformation through vulnerability, courage, and tenacity can be either a clarion call for more daring or a painful mirror for those of us stuck in the aftermath of the fall, unwilling or unable to own our own stories. Your experience can profoundly affect the people around you, whether you are aware of it or not. Unquote. I was raised at a home, in a home where we did not talk about emotions. We were taught to be tough. We were taught to suck it up and handle this shit. And don't come crying to me if you don't stand up for yourself. I remember when I was in high school, I had my first serious boyfriend who became my first ex-husband. And who came from a family of people who each had therapists. And I remember him saying to me, That bothers me when you say that. I don't know what it was I was saying, but I just remember that experience of being told for the first time, that bothers me. I had literally never heard that term before. I did not know what it meant. I I didn't know 
did I do something bad? Am I supposed to say something back to that? I was so emotionally naive. I didn't know people talked about things like feelings. So how the world would I be able to identify or discuss my own feelings? I had no idea how to do this. So even at the age of 30, when my brother, my best childhood friend, my I want to be as good as him and make him proud of me person, died when he was only 32. I literally came unglued. I did not know how to process his loss. I did not make, it did, didn't make sense to me. And it took me years, years, you guys, to figure out how to move forward, how to find a spiritual view of the world that made sense to me, and how to even find a justifiable reason for why we do this life. Jessica Stern in her book, Denial, A Memoir of Terror, says, that trauma interrupts the plot of life. I love that. She says, it just happens and then life goes on. No one prepares you for it. And I remember how hard that was for me. This just rings so true because I was actually angry that other people were going on with life and I felt like, how can life be acting like this? And everyone is acting like nothing has happened here and I'm devastated. You really have to sit with that. You have to stay with that emotional experience in order to come to terms with it, to release it, and to move forward. So when you find yourself being triggered by news of someone else's diagnosis or death from breast cancer or whatever else might trigger some emotional upset, you have to stay in that place and start asking yourself questions, check in with yourself. Why are you feeling this so powerfully? What thoughts, what emotions are running through your mind and your body? Where are you feeling it? And what do they mean to you? You need to stay in that space so you create some awareness of what is actually going on. This is point number two. If you skip this, it's going to come up somewhere else. Now, You'll have to go back and deal with it at some point where it will keep showing up and keep triggering you. Science has shown that we store emotions in our physical bodies in addition to our brains. Candace Pert, uh, who is a PhD and a pioneer in the field of neuroscience, said that, this is a quote, a feeling sparked in our mind or body will translate as a peptide being released somewhere. Organs, tissue, skin, muscle, endocrine glands, they all have peptide receptors on them and can access and store emotional information. This means the emotional memory is stored in many places and you can access emotional memory in many ways. The real true emotions that need to be expressed are in your body, trying to move up and be expressed and thereby integrated, made whole and healed. That's a key point right there. Integrated, understood, felt, really integrated. She goes on to say, let the emotions bubble up. Let the chips fall where they may. The process of catharsis is not complete without saying things as the first step to experiencing things. To feel and understand means you have worked it all the way through. Once integrated, 
the natural wisdom of the receptors will release interrupted healing and restorative, regenerative processes can take over, unquote. So this is an essential step to healing and experiencing growth after breast cancer, after trauma, becoming aware of your feelings and integrating them into your thought process, into your understanding, giving words to them, labels, language, or better yet, writing them. These steps can make the difference between living with post-traumatic stress and experiencing post-traumatic growth. You can struggle through the stress and you can keep the emotions buried somewhere in you, or you can give yourself permission to let them come up, to let them get a name, to allow them to be explored, and then you can heal and grow. This is how you move from surviving to thriving. It's like pulling out a splinter. And when that splinter comes out, you just feel that relief, that release. Point number three, you are not broken. That is just a story you're telling yourself. I want you to think about this for a minute. Do you know a person, someone in your life, maybe close, maybe not, but someone who never married, never had kids, doesn't travel, maybe talks about experiencing different things, but never really does them. And this person basically has had a very limited experience of life. Nothing bad has ever really happened, but then nothing has ever really happened. Now, I do know people like that. And the ones that I know have what I would call a very cynical or even negative attitude. No is their go-to word. You want to go do this? No. First thing that comes to mind, no. And then maybe followed up by, well, what about? And they'll ask about the details. Mm, I don't know. No. And judgment is their go-to reaction. They judge everybody because you know what? They've never really screwed up anything. They didn't have spouses, so they don't have (laughs) ex-spouses. They don't have kids that got caught smoking pot in a high school bathroom. So their opinion of life is very limited. Not that you have to have kids or get married, but these are just examples. They had this limited experience, so their empathy for others is limited too because they don't get it. They don't have a plethora of life experiences. And as you go through your life, you make mistakes, right? Because you try new things, you take risks and you make mistakes. And sometimes bad things happen or sometimes you exercise poor judgment. And so you've got to sit with that, look at it, fix it, move forward. So you, on the other hand, are very different from these people with limited experience because you have more life experience than most. I know that because I know you're a breast cancer survivor. You know what it's like to face death. You know what it's like to fight for your life. You know what it's like to make hard choices and to live with the consequences of those choices. You are experienced. You are even more than most people will even ever get a chance to be. But that's probably not the story you're telling yourself, is it? Here's the good thing about that. You can change your story, but first you have to look at it and own it. Stop fighting it and saying, I don't want this. I want what I used to be because 
There is no used to be. Used to be is gone with yesterday. So stop tormenting yourself with it and start looking at what's really happening. So I'm a a big fan of the show Survivor. In fact, it's my dream to go on the show. But ever since chemo, my ankles, my knees, I've got some pretty crunchy joints going on. So I can't really run. And there's a lot of running that happens in that show. So I keep trying to encourage my youngest son to go on so I can come and visit him during the loved one's visits. And if you're a fan of Survivor also, then you know what that means. And if you're not a fan, it doesn't really matter because the only reason I'm bringing this up is because the newest season of Survivor has all past winners. And one in particular, one character, is competing again after 20 years. And since his last appearance on this show, he has also had cancer. So as they were doing an outtake interview with him, getting his opinion on something, he was talking about how much the game had changed since he was on it. And somehow the fact that he was a survivor came up and he said, this is the hard part, surviving cancer. It changes you so much and you have to live with the fear of it coming back and it's incredibly difficult. Now, I probably shouldn't cheer when I hear things like that, but I do. I did. I sat there on my couch next to my husband, pumping my fist, saying, yes, see, yes, this needs to be talked about more. I think that surviving cancer is so much more difficult than going through treatment because it's not until you're out of survival mode and on the other side that you can actually process everything. You know, this is how I feel. I've talked about it many times, but What can make this experience better or worse is the way you present the story to yourself and to others. Now, what are you telling yourself? I came across this other quote in Brene Brown's book, Rising Strong, which I loved this book, loved it for so many reasons. But one of the most compelling reasons that I loved it is that her process for overcoming trauma and adversity and coming back stronger is so similar to my own process that I created in Revivify. So as I was listening to this expert in the field, I felt very validated. And uh, so many things that she said really resonated with me. And especially this one quote she used to start a chapter. The quote is from Margaret Atwood's book, Alias Grace. And it says, quote, When you are in the middle of a story, it isn't a story at all, but only a confusion, a dark roaring, a blindness, a wreckage of shattered glass and splintered wood, like a house in a whirlwind or else a boat crushed by the icebergs that swept over the rapids and all aboard powerless to stop it. It's only afterwards that it becomes anything like a story at all when you are telling it to yourself or to someone else. That, to me, is a metaphor for the cancer experience. So, in summary, you are the only one who can write your story. First, though, you have to look at what you're telling yourself. And I don't just mean I had surgery, I had radiation, I had chemotherapy. Those are tactical surface level actions. What's behind them, though, might be things like, I was terrified. I felt powerless. I did things I did not want to do because I was afraid. I felt my existence as a human being was diminished while I was going through that. 
I feel like I've been assaulted and I have no recourse over my attacker. You see where I'm going with this, right? You have to get to the real deal. And once you've done that, now you're starting the process of release. You'll start to relieve those spin outs and you'll get to the place where you can begin to embrace your transformation to regroup and to thrive. You cannot deny that this is transformation. And transformation by default equals change. And that's okay. We can embrace change and change can be positive and wonderful and create a lot of great stuff. Now, if this resonates with you, you may want to consider checking out Revivify. This new 2020 version is a 10-week coaching program and it's packed with great stuff beginning with releasing what's keeping you stuck and suffering. Enrollment for Revivify is going to begin next week and I'm going to kick it off with a one-hour webinar where you'll learn more about what I call the four phases of recovering from breast cancer. Enrollment for this course is going to be open beginning with that webinar on February 28th and continue through Sunday, March 8th. And then the enrollment is going to close and we'll begin Revivify on Monday, March 9th. Now, I know that's later than what I originally announced because I said it was going to be January, but trust me, it's worth the wait. After the first two iterations of this course, the one thing that my ladies wanted and that I could see they needed was more connection and more coaching. So I've created this course to deliver that this time, and I'm super excited about it. And if you want to hear more, you can go to my website, get on the Revivify waitlist. This will ensure that you get the webinar invitations and a special token of my appreciation if you decide to join the course and you're on the Revivify waitlist. So you can find uh, that list and where to sign up at lauralummer.com. And next week, you're actually going to hear from four fantastic ladies who have been through the original Revivify course and who have played a key role in helping me understand how to make it what it has become today. So you can look forward to hearing about that next week when we talk again. And until that time, take some white space. Make some space for yourself. Make some time every single day to just sit, a little bit of silence, a little bit of peace, and let things bubble up so that you can start to understand and write your story the way you want your story to read. All right, I'll talk to you again next week. You've put your courage to the test Laid all your doubts to rest Your mind is clearer than before Your heart is full and wanting more Your future's at the door Give it all you got No hesitating You've been waiting This is your moment